What a sci-fi Saturday night. Oh, that's right. I, uh, listen, and this is good. Thank you for having me on. This is Adam West and AdamWest.com. Don't forget that. AdamWest.com, we have so many goodies for you. Did everything just jump around, or did my brain just stroke off there for a second? Exterminate! Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast80, and tonight we're walking off the injured reserve list. <laughs> we're a little short tonight, so everybody do the Madison with us. Deep in Area 51 at the underground sub-level 21 broadcast studios of the Make-A-Fish Foundation, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, the woman who named her cat Malcolm Reynolds because she could, it's Kriana. Not because I could, because he aims to misbehave. From the Four Color Vault of Comics tonight in Manchester, New Hampshire, the personable penster, the winking inkler from beyond the pale, it's Illustrator X. It's Rocky Rococo at your cervix. You may sit here in the waiting room or wait here in the sitting room because the dead redhead is not here with us tonight. She's somewhere east of Eden with the Wake by Java, who's also not with us tonight. So who is with us? It's just us, guys. <laughs> Plus one. And joining us tonight for the full hour is uh, one of the uh, gentlemen behind Boston Comic Con, Colin Solon. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Ah, yeah. Before we start the show tonight, uh, I want to take a moment just to say hi to uh, Dead Redhead, who's uh, with Mama Ellen tonight. No, no, yeah. no. That's X's mom is Nana Ellen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Redhead's no. mom is Ellie. Redhead's yes. mom is Ellie. Ellie and is under the weather. We're not saying what kind of weather. We're not really sure. We're hoping for monsoons. We're not sure. What? But she's going to be fine. What? And we're all hoping for her to come back because we're missing having her listening to us tonight. Here, here. There, there. There, there. Oh, my God. (laughs) What do we have in the news this week? Well, there was something we all wanted to start with, and I don't think it was the 50th anniversary of Yuri. uh, Oh, my gosh. So I say, (laughs) let's not talk about one thing. (laughs) Because I'm sick of hearing about it. No. And it's it's the Russians. And so what's the first thing that gets mentioned? The thing the you told us not to talk to about. Mention, yeah, I of mean, course, we're going to talk about that. Of course. But, but we're going to move yeah. on. We're going to okay. move on. Talk about um, last night's Fringe. I thought um, we were starting about the I dark think, side. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah, and we will. After we say how wonderful Fringe has become and the fact that I think it has surpassed Doctor Who now as the Bullshit. show on TV. <laughs> Bullshit! Okay, calm down. Calm no. down. Everybody calm down. 
actually right. No. No. <laughs> no, he's not right at all. Okay, first of all, you're not watching Fringe this season. It's still not better than Doctor Who. You don't have to watch it to know that. No, okay. That's like uh, saying, uh, just because I'm... I've so glad never... you're a scientist and you're objective and... Uh... <laughs> it's a television show, not a strand of DNA. The bottom line is Fringe has been so cutting edge this entire season. And last night, they actually did about three total 90 degree turns on you when you didn't expect it. And the last 30 seconds of that episode, when the show, when the, the they w- when they hit the bad <laughs> robot logo at the end, I just sat there and I went, are you kidding me? That's yeah. how they ended the show? Sounds like yeah. my last colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, are you kidding? <laughs> somehow, somehow ended I, with a bad like, robot? <laughs> Exactly. You have no idea. Oh dear, and I don't want to know. So let's say fucking... aims to misbehave. <laughs> well, I think that was the well, doctor at that point, but we won't go there. I'm, you know, he was aiming for something. Forward, you know, I, all of our Doctor <laughs> Who fans in the audience, we look forward to your emails. <laughs> and, and all of you Fringe fans in the audience, we look forward to your emails because I've got to tell you, you know, Both it's of you. it's yes. Both exactly. of you. <laughs> It's very rare that an American uh, program can work at the level of depth and complexity that Fringe has this year. It's the kind of stuff we have come to expect from a lot of the British programming. It's it's as, you know so much better than Sharktopus or anything coming off the or sci-fi. Lost <laughs> or Smallville. Well, or no, sm- wait. I- oh, did you <laughs> say Smallville? Oh, wait, wait. Excuse me? I'm so glad you brought up small. (laughs) Wow, look look at the bottle of worms you just opened. (laughs) Smallville is cancelled. Two hour finale. Yeah, nobody's gonna watch it. Um, so yes, the world will shut down watching the Smallville finale because afterwards it's Mardi Gras. It'll finally be putting the stake in the vampire after ten long years. And ladies and gentlemen, next week we'll have a Booster Gold episode. I'm sorry. I, I I just really thought you meant... Holy zombie Jesus! Which is so appropriate <laughs> around Easter. I'm just appropriate all around. Yeah, you're working on real now, appropriate tonight. I'm <laughs> family like, friendly. Before before we get to Sharktopus and all that, um, you had said about the little girl. I think that was probably the best sci-fi thing feature of the whole week. Okay, explain explain to the listening audience what you're talking about. Well, I'm sure the entire listening audience has seen this viral video. But in case they're they're watching it with a llama in Peru. But in case no. you haven't, we're going to post a link to it on yes. on the page. The upshot Absolutely being horrible. Absolutely adorable where this little girl was at was it the the apparently there's a Star Wars um I think it was a Disney, no? Is it, it looked like it was at Disney, is yeah. it Disney or some sort of theme park? And, Universal. Yeah, little girl was like going to take on Darth Vader, <laughs> and they're like, "You're gonna, you're gonna like swear allegiance to the rebellion, right?" And she shook her head no and bowed before Darth Vader, and I think the whole everyone's heart just melted at that point. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's it, great. 
she's she's sworn her life to undying evil. To the dark side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You go, it was perhaps oh. one of the funniest viral videos I've seen in a long time. She it's actually so gets down on her knees <laughs> and, and is like, yes, you are my I, master I now. Just, I just bit through my tongue. But, but, and I uh, believe somebody, some, somebody that says really at that good. point, the Sith Academy is this way. Yeah, yeah, the guy playing head. Mace Windu is like, let me show you the Sith Academy. Get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that was great. But so yeah, getting back to Sharktopus and all that, Sci-Fi Network <laughs> announced its lineup this week, and all I cared about was the fact that Warehouse 13 is coming back. Woo! That, that is good news. That is definitely it good is news. It is very good news. Now, again, last when the series ended before, um, Micah had left the series, right? But apparently Correct. she's in this season? Yes, she's back this season uh, for the first two episodes. The team is split apart, and supposedly by episode three, they're back together as one big happy family. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, come on. If you actually believed they were going to split them up, or that Micah was going to quit, there's gullible written on your ceiling. I'm looking up. Actors (laughs) actors will walk away from a role so they don't get typecast or whatever. I think that what happened is her accountant sat her down and said, okay, this is what you're making. (laughs) This is what community theater will get you. Well, you know, it's it's the Christopher sci-fi. It's the Christopher Eccleston story, you know. I don't want to be typecast. Oh shit, what have I done? Yeah. Come on. He had a couple more years in him as the doctor and he just threw Easily. him away. Easily. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm that's sure there'll shame. be reunion shows and it'll be an episode where it's like the two, you know, the 12 doctors and I whatever. don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. There's been some uh uh I was I was uh Purging a couple of sites uh, that I don't usually hit, and one of them was called uh, Sci- <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was I was going through my 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 bookmarks and just kind of going, oh god, I haven't even looked at this site in like four months. So let me go see if there's anything there worth a damn. And I happen to stumble onto this one site uh, that has uh, <laughs> an article called Doctor Who Threesome in the TARDIS. Ooh. I don't know how I feel about that. You just stumbled on an article named that. Yeah, oddly enough. Did you also stumble on the next generation porno? No, no. I deleted those a long time ago. No, there's a new one. It's supposedly very good. I know. I'm sure it will be. (laughs) Oh, it's out. But the, the whole point of the Doctor Who threesome was it was Amy and Rory and the Doctor, and it was the three of them talking about their characters. And it was one of those... You know, here's the link that's going to go out, and it, everybody's going to go, "Ooh, I got to check this out," and it has nothing to do with it. But in fact, it was kind of an interesting it- article, and Amy Pond's uh, uh, interview in that was very interesting. Her talking about how her character is really a lot of what she likes about who she is, and she brought a lot of that to the table when they hired her for the show. It was actually kind of interesting. I'm going to post a link to that, and uh, you know, people can get to listen to those interviews. They're kind of interesting. And for those of you who are going to enjoy it, after our show on April 23rd ends, click right onto BBC America and watch the new season of Doctor Who unfold before you. Because that's what we'll be doing. Yeah. Got that right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, next week's show will be ending on time. Set your TiVo to stun. 
so I see that uh, here's here's some good controversy. I see that uh, Paramount is optioning the Martian Chronicles. Why? Ow. Nobody now, how does one take to... a, a, a classic collection of short stories that are not necessarily linked together Badly. and make a two-hour movie out of it? Badly. I know! Thank you, Doug Jones. <laughs> Do you re- does anyone here remember the miniseries they made out of that? I had it. I had it on uh, video. Direction unclear. Please repeat request. I remember watching it back in the 90s, uh, like, when they re-showed it for some reason because sci-fi thought we were bad. <laughs> they wanted to punish their audience. And you look in the background, and they actually had a boombox as part of the technical equipment used to get us to Mars. Yes, they did. I want you to know that Bradbury uh, actually pulled his name off that project. If you look at the... Uh... Did he? You look at the credits for it. His name does not appear anywhere. So what, it's Alan Smithy's Martian Chronicles? <laughs> no, it is the Martian Chronicles. It is not Ray Bradbury's the Martian Chronicles. Alan Smithy. Uh, what is wrong with you? Well, one thing that is um, also uh, in production now that apparently is getting a lot of good praise is Dragon Riders of Pern. And why? Cap- why is? Why is that? Why? That's that's possibly the worst choice to make a movie of ever. No, no. Since uh, yeah, Aragon. Why do I say that? Yes. Okay. Um, there are certain books, certain stories, certain sets, and the Pern set, the Pern series, is a good example of it, in which there is such a diverse set of ecologies and settings not of Earth, that when you read it, because it is so different, you actually, as, as a reader, if you're worth a damn and if you're really enjoying the series, you've built your own mind's eye of it. Now, somebody's going to come in and build their mind's eye of it. The problem is, it's not going to match anybody else's and everybody else's going to go, that no, doesn't necessarily right. make it no. bad, though. I think the same. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Very difficult. It you makes it very difficult. With, you could argue that with any novel, though. Yeah, absolutely, no, any novel. No, you can't. And here's why: um, science fiction, as a genre, does more to create artificially ecologies and and areas and worlds than any other genre does okay even in the terror genre you're still basically on earth you still basically have gravity you still basically the laws of physics work the laws of ecology work the ecology that we're used to with carbon-based life form is there that's not necessarily the case with dragon riders of pern their ecology is very different their worlds are very different it's in some ways, why Martian Chronicles doesn't work. It's in some ways why no, a lot of people. I don't think graduated. so at all. I don't think so at all because the way the reason the Martian Chronicles doesn't work is because the stories are not connected at all, and it's stupid to try to make a feature film out of it. <laughs> That's the that. reason the, the Martian Chronicles doesn't work. That's, That's one of the, the reason. reason. 
You no, know, you could have said that there that's, you know, that Firefly would never have worked if it had been a book first. Oh, guess what? It did. You could have said that Lord of the Rings would never work cuz they just had too many diverse races and stuff. Guess what? Well, it still did kind of work mostly. Well, don't. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Don't. Yeah, I are got you it. saying that are you saying that uh, Blade Runner is a bad movie then because it doesn't completely capture to Android's dream of electric sheep? What about the never-ending story? Oh, please oh, well, that, don't that even go have there. Been long ago. That was awesome. Yeah. Come on. That was horrifying. That was awesome. Oh, no, that was um, a kid flying around on a giant soccer. And monster. what is not awesome about that? <laughs> um, the Virtually everything. Well, I think if they had pitched in another twenty bucks for the the effects budget, it might have looked good. You know or what? They, you um, know what? Not seeing one person's interpretation of the story does not ruin the story. I agree. Well, I disagree, especially in this particular. Well, you know case. what, then, Dome? You do not have to see it. Well, there's a whole lot of things that you haven't seen that you probably should have. But I can, and you know what? And and you know what? We're not going to be seeing Terra Nova anytime soon either. And why is that? Uh, Where's my segue sound? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, here it is. That was piercing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was a little piercing. Spielberg series Terra Nova, which they've been promising for years, where where humans time travel back to the past where dinosaurs lived, um, as a weekly series with tons of effects and and getting William Shakespeare rising from the grave to write every episode. Um, apparently, they they're realizing that oh, this takes good writing and an effects budget. Hey, nani, and nani. so the pilot was supposed to debut this month. Then they said, oh, it's going to debut in May. Now it's going to debut in September, maybe. Yeah, in the technology industry, this is something that we call vaporware. Now I just yeah. get flashbacks of Spider-Man. Turn off the play. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to get move from one to the other because I, I don't think Julie Taymor actually had anything to do with this particular series that no, you know of like no I mean again <laughs> it, it can work I mean there are those times when I mean like Apocalypse Now is one of my favorite movies and talk about a movie that was in development hell for years but the payoff is worth it it's the exception that proves the rule, though. So Terra Nova is making me very nervous at this point, and I'm hoping Spielberg isn't just uh, making himself a money pit at this point. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, while we're waiting for that one, uh, the Shout Factory uh, put out on DVD uh, a really odd, quirky series that debuted in uh, 1996 called Dark Skies. Dark Skies ran for 20 episodes. Did it? Uh, yeah, it actually ran for really? 20 episodes. That many? In I mean, 19... seriously, I remember that being an ep- a series that, that showed You thought up ran for like four or feet. five, yeah. No, it ran for a full 20 episodes. And the basis of it is uh, the space spacecraft that crashed in Roswell uh, actually happened, was recovered, and... On February 17, 1962, another event occurred which was related to the first. And this series, Dark Skies, explores that relationship through a group of aliens called the Hive. 
And it's actually a very chilling series. And it's kind of an alternate history. It's kind of a here's here's something and something that happened at Roswell. And if you add this together and take all the redacted stuff out, it gets really strange. And it's it's a really interesting alternate history. It's available uh, starting this week uh, huh. in a, a DVD set called the Declassified Complete Series. And, and though, for those of you who don't know, Dome's slightly obsessed with <coughs> conspiracy theories about UFOs. No, no uh, not not slightly obsessed. Okay, completely, completely obsessed. obsessed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh. Alf is a puppet. <laughs> He's not real. Sure, and Jim Henson's really dead. Yeah, no. nice. Lucky my man. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, apparently Jerry Ryder... Jerry Ryan's been twittering us. Okay, you can't say unsubstantiated rumors like that because I could not substantiate said rumor. Uh, this is according to the dead redhead who is not here, and since she can't defend herself, I'm going to accept it as Bible gospel. Okay, like all good conspiracy theorists, she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um. Well, even if that's not true, although she told me that, that uh, she saw that the other day, so I'm assuming it is true, but apparently Jerry Ryan is Sonya Blade in this new Mortal Kombat uh, web series that's going on right now. Do you know and what? I, that looks what? great. That looks great. That's all I have to it say. Does, it, there's something to be said for just fun shows. I mean, what, remember you were telling me about the Fantastic Four movies and like you, your argument why we should waste our money on it is that it was just fun. Damn okay, right. um, I take back my skepticism. I completely disagree with whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You found movies, it? But I, 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 I found it. it. You found it? Jer Jerry Ryan did tweet at us. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Holy crap. Jerry... I loved you in Boston public. <laughs> Holy crap, welcome guys. Welcome on the show anytime. Jerry, come join us anytime. If yeah. you're going to be in Boston in the next couple of weeks, maybe you should come down to Boston Comic Con. <laughs> you can sit at our table. <laughs> you can sit on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Jerry, we're very much looking forward to you as Sonya Blade, and uh, this looks like just good, mindless action-adventure fun. And I can't think cool of a better us. person for Sonya Blade than Jerry Ryan. Me neither. You know what? She's on that uh, that new show about the, uh, oh, what is it? With Megan oh, Hunt. Oh, those actors, and they, they have that plot. Yeah, nobody cares about anyone else. We only it's care about Jerry Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I mean, you know, and I'm watching the show the other night, and I'm going, why are we not watching her all the time? Why are we watching all these other people? I don't get it. Okay, okay. This is completely off topic and not even in the document, but I was just checking the tweets, ass mode, and um, <laughs> somebody called Blacklist DA, Blacklist Da, I don't know how to say that, tweeted us a link to www.disappointingmonsters.com. Disappointing monsters? The adventure, and the subtitle is The Adventures of a Boy and His Imaginary Zombie and Other Stuff, like Prison and Frankensteins. <laughs> and I guess they just put up their first comic, and it's freaking adorable. Are you kidding? That sounds awesome. No, I'm not kidding. So, thanks for tweeting at us. This looks awesome. And let's get you guys on the show. Ta-da-ta-da-ta-da. -da 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 -da. 
Yeah, dude. Owen, Daniel, dude. hit us up, dude. New comics every Monday. Hit them up on your RSS feed. You know what? Get that in the uh, doc so we can put that. We can put the link up. Shoot Okey me doodles. The... Yeah, shoot me that. I will follow up as a guest. Hey, uh, you know what? You know how we talked about how the Superman Superman saved this uh, family from uh, losing their house. Yeah. Remember that story a couple weeks oh, ago? Yes, yes, yes. The guy sold because that. the guy found the Action Comics number one in his basement. Oh well, my it God. does that. Sorry. Yeah, no kidding, huh? That is just too weird. Anyhow, uh, X Men number one sold at auction uh, last week for two hundred thousand uh. dollars. Mom, I hate and you. Yeah. <laughs> you remember what Grandma did with all my comics? A first-class copy. Now, do we know what the... Was it CGC? Do we know what the rating on that was? Like, the, the condition? Rating on it was double A. Damn! Double, oh no, double, double A is a battery. What is the rate, the CGC rating on Copy was told by Metropolis Comics uh, at the auction. dun 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 dun, dun, dun. Uh, as the Mound City copy, having surfaced as part of an extensive original owner collection in St. Louis in 2009. Uh, this CGC rating was 9.8. I, I have a story to tell you guys. Uh-oh. This is a good story. Uh, I remember back when I was in high school, um, my brother shows up one day who's five years younger than me and he says hey look what i just traded for and i say what and he throws down on my bed avengers number four first silver age appearance of captain america uh and uh strange tales 110 the first appearance of dr strange and adventure 250 yes okay adventure, (laughs) adventure 256 first appearance of supergirl and I was like, wah. And he had been over a friend's house trading comics and looking at comics. And his friend was like, wanted my brother's X-Men comics that were from the year before. <laughs> and he says, oh, hold on, I'll go trade you something. And he goes down in the basement and he comes up with this. And my brother's like, what is this? <laughs> and he shows him, oh, this is my dad's collection. Down in the basement. And I was like, you know you can't have this. He goes, oh, I'm going to give him back tomorrow. I just, I had to actually show you. (laughs) There's still a photo somewhere of these on my bed. (laughs) And um, that night, my brother got a call from the kid's dad. Of course he did. And he says, so I found out what happened. You know, this will be a good lesson to my son. They're yours. <gasps> wow. And so my brother had me um, sell them to Mile High Comics out in Denver so he could buy himself a Marshall half stack and a bass guitar. My God. And when I visit, my brother then moved to Denver. And years later, like I visited him and we went to Mile High, and that issue of Strange Tales is still there. We recognized it from the tear in the in the upper corner. Holy crap! 
That's amazing. Yeah. I always wonder, it's like, that kid must have been grounded forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you imagine someone being like, I know what it's worth, but go ahead and keep it anyways? Wow. Holy crap. Okay, I'm, I'm actually seeing the tweet that Jerry Ryan put in. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Jerry. You're a sweetheart. <laughs> nice. Dear Jerry Ryan, heart, heart, heart. Heart, 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 heart. heart. <laughs> well, let's see. Maybe she'll show up at the Boston Comic Con. Speaking of, it's about 8.30. Is it? I know. Time flies when you're... <laughs> When doing you're stuff. About comics you wish you owned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Checking you know, the tweets. You know, you know, before, you know, we, we were sitting here before the show and we're going, well, okay, we're two people down. We're usually at five. We're down to three tonight. It's been a slow news week. And we looked at the document and we went, you know what? We're never going to, we don't, we don't have enough for an hour. We don't, we're, we're going to have to sit and Colin, we're going to have to bring him in early and, and then we're going to have to, you know, Probably no break way. early. <laughs> I'm looking at this document. We haven't even gotten half the stuff on here. And we've I added know. like eight things. What? What is Rock Neil Bannon up to with sci-fi? Why is the Cloverfield director remaking They Live? Eh. Why is, what is Joss Whedon's dollhouse in Epitaphs 1 through 5 in comics coming out? How can Ooh. I win a speaking role in the American Gods audiobook? Yeah, I don't and even who's... like American Gods. I just thought other people might want to know about that. Thank you. I don't like it either. <laughs> and, and why is Bradley Cooper starring in The Crow? Yeah. Why are they making another Crow? Yeah, the why crow. are they... <laughs> You missed the big question here. You know, yeah. You know why? Because the 90s are coming back. Hide your children. No. <laughs> 90s. The only thing worse than the 90s is the 80s. Hey, 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 hey! No, 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 no. <laughs> Parachute Pants says yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Transformers, G.I. Joe, and the Thundercats say nay. I don't like any of those things. Okay, yeah. so X, I have a question for you. Yes. What do these people have in column? Column? <laughs> That's right. What do they have in column? I'm going to go for Boston Comic Con. Because I'm reading a column from Boston Comic Con right now. <laughs> Sarah Richard, Mark McKenna, Brian Kong, Tony Harris, Terry Moore. Terry Moore? That Terry Moore? Yes, that Terry Moore. <laughs> the Terry David, Moore that was on our show? No, we just got it sound alike. Sweet. Mike David Mack, Tim Sale, Adam Hughes, Frank Cho, Neil Adams, Joe oh. Oh. What do all these people have in common? They're going to be They've in never Boston. been in my kitchen. Some <laughs> of them have been on the show, but not all of them. And they're all going to be at Boston Comic Con April 30th and May 1st. And no, joining us to talk about it is our guest for this half hour, Colin Sullivan. <laughs> Come on, that was a great dramatic pause, wasn't it? <laughs> No, it sounded like you forgot his name, you jerk. Oh. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Colin. Colin. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me back. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. 
So we've been taking questions um, from all of our listeners for the past week, uh, wanting to know about the Boston Comic Con. And basically, first of all, just give us the opening spiel for those folks who are just tuning in who didn't even know there was a Comic Con in Boston. What's going on on April 30th and May 1st? Well, if your listeners don't know about the Boston Comic Con, then I have sorely been not doing my job. Um, (laughs) I don't think there's anyone who listens to our show that doesn't know about Boston Comic Con because we only mention them at the end of every single show. Yeah, no kidding. Great, great. We appreciate that very much because word of mouth is by far the number one uh, marketing resource that we have. So Boston Comic Con is coming up in two weeks on April 30th and May 1st. It's easily the biggest and best uh, grouping of comic creators that New England's ever seen, and uh, I hope to see everyone there bright and early Saturday morning. Well, you will certainly see us there bright and early Saturday Absolutely. morning. Absolutely, of course. Absolutely, of course. Now, this year you're having it at a new location. Uh, apparently, last year, I mean, there were so many people who wanted to attend. Um, I mean, their lines were literally out the door in the first uh, hour, it? right? Yeah. Where's it going to be yeah, held this year? This year, uh, it, we've moved to a new venue at the Heinz Convention Center, which is considerably larger than any other venue that we've held it at before. Uh, definitely plenty of room to grow there, so we anticipate staying there for many years to come. It's nice. right in the back bay, uh, very e- easily accessible by tea, uh, plenty of restaurants and other stuff in the area for people to go and hang out at and, and uh, outside of the venue. So it'll be a great time. Excellent. Take the green line right in. Excellent. Um, now, I've been getting some questions. and A big question. Apparently, a lot of people who want to go to this show are um, wannabe artists themselves. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about the fact that DC Comics will be holding a portfolio review there. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Mark Shiro, he is the senior VP of, of art at, at DC Comics, and he was there last year doing portfolio reviews, and he's coming back this year. Uh, every artist I know who had a chance to sit down and talk to him said he was really great at telling them what their strengths, what their weaknesses were, where they should go with their art, and, and how they should uh, work on focusing their career. Uh, he even found an artist that he said he that he said he wanted to work with as soon as the guy was available, which I thought was great. So he's coming back this year. Um, additionally, I just got word uh, the other day that Bob Shrek, who is a pretty famous editor. He's worked for IDW, Dark Horse, DC. Oni. Uh, Oni. He, he was, yeah, he's one of the uh, founders of Oni. Uh, I believe he worked at Comico back in the day. Oh, and my God. Now he's the, yeah, now he's the editor-in-chief of Legendary Comics, and he will also be there both days doing reviews. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to polish up my, my portfolio. That's awesome. I suggest you do. I suggest any artist yeah. who is looking to break into the industry, either of these guys, they they've both been they've both been around for a long time. They know everybody. If there's anyone you want to talk to about what you know, how to improve your art, how, how which way you should take your career, these are definitely the two guys 
need to talk to. No, I remember last year the line was actually going right by the Sci-Fi Saturday Night booth, and uh, you know it just seemed like there was this permanent line there. Uh, how many people? I mean, how early do you feel you need to get there in order to get your your stuff seen? Um, well, what I did last year. I'm sorry. I mean, basically as early as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I did last year, uh, each day I would take a list uh, with, you know, there was a preset number of guys that that Mark told me that he would be able to see. So uh, we would take that that many names down, and they would have like the guaranteed spots for that hour, and then anyone else wanted to just like hang around and see if. He still had time. If he was still keep going, they, they could just stand on line and and wait to see to, to be seen. And honestly, he got through almost everybody. But he he definitely put in a lot of extra time, more than he had originally committed to. Talked to everybody from guys, uh, artists from every, every kind of level, and honestly, it was great for everybody. Excellent. That's both days. Yeah, they'll both be there doing uh, signs on both days. I don't have the schedule uh, in front of me right now, but okay. they'll both be there on Saturday and Sunday. Wow. So talk to us about some of the guests that are going to be there. I mean, you've got a, an incredibly impressive list here. Yeah, uh, there's it's uh, pretty amazing how, how many of these artists that we've got because any one of these guys will be the anchor point for any, you know, smaller show of our size in the country. Um, oh, I, I don't mean, consider legend, Boston to be a small show. <laughs> it, oh, it's growing. I mean, we're we're still not quite on the uh, the national show level yet, but we're, we're definitely starting to get there. And artists list like this is definitely helping. So you know, we have legends like Neil Adams is going to be there. Um, he's going to be signing for for people both days, and he's got a, uh, a panel, I believe, on Sunday. So definitely want to check him out. Uh, Joe Kubert, who's been who's a legend in the industry, he's probably got the been probably holds the record for being the longest uh, working comic artist ever. I believe he started when he was like 13 years old, and he's still going. You know, seventy yeah. plus years later. So he's going to be coming on Sunday only, but he'll be doing a panel, and uh, and the Cuber School will have a booth set up for both days. So any uh. artists who are looking to uh, to enroll and improve their craft, they can go and talk to them. Wow! Now I see you. You've also recently added people like uh, J. Scott Campbell. Yep, I mean, yep. He, he was a recent addition. We've been after him for many years, and luckily, he, he, this year he decided to to come on out to Boston. I believe this is his first time here, and he's definitely been one of the most popular people that we've gotten a lot of uh, reaction from after announcing his name. Yeah. So you, you got J. Scott Campbell, Adam Hughes, and Frank Cho all at the same show at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, God. and plenty of other names. I mean, Frank Whiteley, in, he's, yeah, he's doing you know, a, it, a rare U.S. appearance here in Boston this year. I've never met him before, so I'm 
pretty excited to meet him. Yeah. Uh, Adam Hughes, Darwin Cook, Tim Sale, Art Adams, mm-hmm. Gahan Wilson, all these guys. Dave Johnson, Matt Wagner, Santa Guy. I know. Uh, I've met a lot of these people before, and I, you know, they're very personable. They they love to stop and talk to the fans and reach out to them. And we were just had Terry Moore on last week, and he was talking about how he won't even um, do sketches at shows anymore. He just takes commissions because he wants to sit down and talk to the fans. Yeah, so I, I actually I listen to I listen to that show, and I appreciate that because I I've been looking I've met Terry once or twice at some other shows and never had yeah. the opportunity to get a sketch room. So hearing that, I uh, the first thing I did was go to his website and I put in a commission for myself. <laughs> nice. That's a classic move. Yeah. Because nice. yeah. I thought of doing the yeah. same exact thing. Yeah. Wow. Another artist nice. who's, uh, who's coming who I also put in a commission with was uh, Stephanie DeSema, who's kind of an up-and-comer, but she, she does beautiful painted work. And, uh, and the, the piece that yeah. she sent me a, yeah, she sent me a JPEG of, of what the finished piece looked like, and I was absolutely blown away. So I mean, she looks a lot website. like Darwin Cook stuff. I mean, she's got that nice pop art cartoony style. Yeah, it's kind of like a retro kind of 60s feel to it, but it's all in full color, and it's beautiful. She actually, uh, she'll be making a big announcement about a secret project that she's doing with Darwin Cook and his wife, Marsha Cook. Uh, oh, and they're making a big announcement at the show on Saturday evening. So definitely want to go and check out Darwin Cook's panel about that. Nice. And now then listen said... to our show Saturday night where we'll announce what it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't make it to the that's show, right. that's all. That's right. That's right. Now, you've, you've said a couple of times that the, these artists will be doing panels. What kind of panels do we have lined up? Um, we've got panels with a lot of the big, with a lot of the big name stars. Uh, like? <laughs> like, uh, take your pick. Um, Howard Chicken, Matt Wagner, Frank Cho, Stan Sakai, Donald Cook, Terry Moore. They'll all be doing panels on Saturday and then Sunday. Uh, like I said, Joe Cuber and the Cuber School will be there. Neil Adams is doing a panel. Uh, Frank Whiteley, of course, will be doing a panel. Tim Sale is doing one. And then we're also going to have a cover artist panel with uh, J. Scott Campbell, Adam Hughes, J.G. Jones, and Dave Johnson. My God. Wow. Now, are, the, now, are these all spaced apart? I mean, so that... Do you have any overlapping where you have to make a tough choice? <laughs> No, uh, we're just doing one panel room this year, so everything oh, really? will okay. be, yeah, that's, so um, each one, each panel will be 45 minutes long, and at the end of each one, we're going to clear the room and then let people back in for the next one. Cool. Nice. Nice. Cool. I was wondering, I always wondered about this. Are there any, I mean, with a guest list like that, like you've got this year and, and you've had some great guests in the past, are there any out there, any artists or guests that you really wanted that you still haven't gotten yet? That they're on your, your wish list? Uh, well, my wish, like my, it, it depends what you're talking about. You're talking about like my crazy wish list, like absolutely yeah. never going to happen. 
Right. My, my Reach top, for the stars. Like, my top five, like, if I had a, a genie that, you know, granted in, incredibly specific wishes. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would want Steve Ditko. Oh, my God, thing, yes. Uh, Alan Moore. Yes. Al Miyazaki. And wait, wait, who? Al Miyazaki. Oh, oh yeah, Hayao Miyazaki. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mobius. Oh my god. Yeah, those are like the ungettable guys. If you could get That's... any one of those guys anywhere, people would be people would be flying in from you know around the world to see those guys. Illustrator oh. X, as our guest coordinator, I think that was a challenge. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to excuse me. I'm mopping up my drool yeah. at that list. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if Jonathan Ross and Neil Gaiman couldn't even get Steve Ditko to appear in, in on, on camera in, the, in that special they did, it's probably not going to happen for me. Yeah, Steve Ditko. Yeah, um, he puts Howard Hughes to shame as far as uh, inaccessibility. Right. Uh, which is a shame because there's so many people who love him, myself included. Oh my god! But right. you know, Alan Moore has been. Doing in more case any of them are listening, we'd be happy to have you. <laughs> yes, yeah. they they are clearly regular listeners of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you think not because? <laughs> yeah, we're super awesome. Everyone listens to us. Jerry Ryan just tweeted us, guys. Reach for the stars. Reach for the scars. Come on, work with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... you said we'd never get Harlan Ellison. You said I'd never get Joe Linsner to do a sketch for Jeannie Robinson. Yes, okay. yeah, that's just... Not well, me. You know, what, yeah, you. Yeah, you. I'm the one who reached out to Harlan in the first place. No, no, no. We were at Boston Comic Con last year, and I said, what about this Joe Linsner guy? And you were like, you will never get Joe Linsner. But all it took was a polite request. <sighs> no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Joe's a nice guy. I, I, I got to have dinner with him last year. And, uh, it was he was, he was an incredibly nice person to us yeah. uh, with the yeah. uh, charity piece that we did last year. One of the things that uh, I noticed about going out of Boston this year is uh, there is so many vendors there. It's unreal. Oh, my God. That's my favorite part. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, Everybody wants some. There, there is just so many cool people with cool stuff that are going to be there. Your artist's alley is bigger than I've ever seen before. Yep. Yeah, over 200 artists this year. Definitely the place to be. So it's really like artist thoroughfare. Yeah, (laughs) you can't really call that an alley anymore. You know, it was it was Uh, funny because I was talking to some people at work. uh, One of them who had been to uh, San Diego two years ago, and he was complaining uh, about San Diego and also about Dragon Con. That when you go there, it's all like multimedia stuff. And uh, there's like, you know, movies and TV shows. And yeah, there are some artists there, but it's movies and TV shows. And yeah, there are a few artists there. I said, come to Boston. When you come to Boston, the artists are the one who takes center stage. And man, this is amazing. I, you know, you just look at the list and you go, my God, (laughs) this is going to be fun. This is what a comic con is supposed to be. 
Well, that's one of the things I've always liked about these shows. I mean, yeah, I mean, the draw is the big names. You know, Neil Adams, oh my God, of course I want to be at a show with him. But then you get there and you go through the Artist Alley and it's you discover all these people. I mean, I remember, was it two years ago, Dome, you came up and you were like, Tracy Lee Quinn, remember yep. that name. Yep, yep, you know, yep, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, you know we've made so many friends and, and talked, watch the careers of so many people go up through this here reconnected with old high school friends who thought that would happen not me and not only that you get some rising stars like sarah richard i mean you know she started (laughs) out who yes colin i did go to high school with (laughs) actually i am a friend uh one one of my my co-workers she she asked me, she's like, have you ever heard of this artist, Sarah Richard? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I went to high school with her. Oh, well, then she, they probably went yeah. to high school with me, too. Yeah, probably, probably. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> That's impressive? Why? <laughs> no, no. You know what's awesome, though? What's awesome is that there's something for everyone. Like, I don't know yeah. jack shit about old comics because I've never because read them. Because you were born two years ago. No, but close enough well, for for your advanced <clears throat> years. I guess it seems that way. Anyway, but um, no, there really is something there for everyone. There are the big name artists that you know your generation and people who read the classic comics know, and then there, you know. The, the other upcoming artists and then there's the in-betweens uh, but then there are also the vendors which are always super fun <laughs> yeah yeah but it, then again you know I would have never met David Mack if two years ago we hadn't stumbled into his booth and, uh, that's true and yeah, I remember and walking record, by was... and going holy crap that guy's stuff is awesome but there was never a time when his booth was empty and for good reason yeah So, I mean, I'm looking forward to discovering some more people there. Um, another thing I always look forward to at the show are the costumes. <laughs> we already talked about Gee, the ultimate cosplay. You do? <laughs> I do. Well, no, no, no. Because, you know, getting back to the like the Darth Vader girl from earlier in the show, remember last year there was that guy walked by in a Sinestro outfit. Oh, my God, he, yes. He looked, oh, yeah, I saw that guy. That was impressive. But then... He walks by, and then a minute later, this little kid comes by in a wheelchair in a Green Lantern outfit. That was right in front of our booth. They had a smackdown right in front of our booth, and it was amazingly cool. It was heartwarming. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That that was really cool. Oh, my God. You know, hats off to anyone who shows up in a costume where they actually put some effort into it because, you know, there's just so much love there. Every time I go to Boston Comic Con, I always feel like I'm home. I'm with 30,000 of my closest friends and family because it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to be hanging out with someone who's dressed as dead man. <laughs> because yeah. I know who that is. <laughs> that You know what, though? That's just because geeks are the awesomest people in the whole world. Yeah. I should mention that uh, uh, a local cosplayer by the name of Bethany Fong, she's setting up a uh, a Robin cosplay get together, 
and mm-hmm. it's pretty much I guess, any, any variation on any Robin costume or derivative thereof, like Nightwing or Red Robin. I love it. Oh, Robin's really? my favorite. Yeah. Well, really? <laughs> Next to Abe Sapien. But no oh, one my. does stuff like that for Abe Sapien. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of difficult to do. Yeah, that's a difficult costume. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta be really com- you, you, you gotta be confident about your body to, uh, to you know, walk in in a pair of bathing trunks and, and, and a lot of, you know, Great body. <laughs> <The blue> makeup, <laughs> yeah. Okay, next, next, not this year, next year. I'm dressing up as Abe's. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm you're kidding. Not. <laughs> I'll be sporting a pair of gills. And, and the offer oh, always stands yeah. for anybody dressed up as Harley Quinn oh, to yeah. come by and have their picture taken with the dome. AKA, come by and let dome be creepy at you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're now, welcome. Colin, Colin, now, yeah. uh, is there any. Any kind of like special discount for people showing up in costume, or the are you having the the costume contest again, where you're giving out prizes? The costume contest will be held again. It'll be the last panel on Sunday night. So if you okay. come in costume, be sure to register and and stick around till the end till the end of the show on Sunday. Nice. How many categories are we gonna have? Or <laughs> I honestly, I'm not sure. I, I'm no. not yeah, in charge of that that part of the okay. show. And and have do you have your Wonder Woman costume picked out yet? <laughs> not me. <laughs> I'm definitely. You sure? My body is definitely not made for spandex. No, no, no lasso. <laughs> okay. We'll dare to dream. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, who'd have thought you would get creepy about that? I know. <laughs> I, I know. That's usually Dome's job is to be the creepy totally one. Totally my job. Oh, and now another thing I've been hearing about. What is this? I keep hearing about a drink and draw. What is this about? Well, uh, Dave Johnson, who's one of our esteemed guests has he, he I believe founded the original drink and draw program which has been picked up and carried out in comic shops and bars all over the country. So hopefully uh this there's, there's, as far as I know, nothing official has been set up yet, but uh hopefully a, a lot of artists will be getting together to have a couple of beverages and and start drawing after, you know, after the show and Saturday night, Friday night, whatever. Uh, I should mention that the official after party for the show will be uh, on Saturday night at McGreevy's Pub right across the street um, from Nine Center. And that'll be going from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Oh, is that a good idea? <laughs> Answer? You bet your panties it is. For those of us that don't have to work that Monday, uh huh. No, That's it's Saturday night. Who cares? It's on Saturday, Saturday night. I should uh, mention twenty-one plus. You, you gotta be legal. And since Drew's not coming, uh, everyone, the show is canceled that night. Uh, we will all be at the after. I mean, hi. The show's not canceled that night. Fine, not- you do it, may- it yourself. I'm going to the after it party. Maybe <laughs> ten minutes long, but it's not canceled. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll do it from the Heinz Center. <laughs> hey, um, 
I want to wrap by saying talk about some of the other folks that are going to be there. Um, I see on the website that you actually have wrestlers showing up in addition to standbys like the 501st and what? Ghostbusters and so 1st. Um, why are you uh, branching out into media guests now? Uh, well, as, as I understand it, I didn't personally set it up, but uh, Brutus Navarro Beefcake, he's a local. He lives in, in Massachusetts and contacted the promoters about uh, doing an appearance on Sunday and bringing Greg the Hammer all the time with him. And they're like, sure, yeah, come on down. Cool. Nice. <laughs> hey, that'll do it. That'll work. Yeah. Sure. No, we're not, we we're not. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. No, you're not. What? <laughs> we're, not, we're not opposed to media guests. You know, if, if, if they're local, if there's a lot of movies and stuff being shot uh, in and around uh, Boston now with the new tax breaks that, that have been offered. So if any if people want to come and and promote their their new projects, we're mm-hmm. we'll, we'll certainly hear you out about it. So you know anyone out there listening, that's definitely oh, no. something we're interested in. And, and, and well, I don't oh, like... I'm, I'm just passing out this invitation now. I know you're going to be in Boston that weekend anyway. Eliza, come on down. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. She, no, no. She's a local. I just, she's I, a total local. And last year you had Amber Benson. So this yeah, year right. it's her turn. Of course, Amber Benson is also a comic creator. Like, she, she's written Absolutely. several uh, yep. coffee comics. And I don't, I don't want to come off as like anti um, this. Just the fact that I love the fact that Boston Comic Con is comic centered. But I mean, last year we were sitting next to the guys who did Six Six Four Neighbor of the Beast. Those <laughs> they guys were freaking so awesome. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I hope are they going to be there again this year because we had a great time sitting next to them. And I think anyone who will tell you one of the make or break things of doing a con is who your neighbors happen to be. And those guys were hilarious. Now, the funniest thing that they did was the guy who was dressed up in, in the Satan outfit had his wife and his kid with him. Yeah, so it was like, baby Satan! <laughs> and, he's, and he's walking around the show with the baby carrier on, carrying the kid in the full Satan makeup. And his wife is running after him going, Satan stole my baby! Yeah, and did you notice all like the everybody around him was suddenly like getting right in his face going, hey! <laughs> like, no, 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 it no. What? We're promoting our He's movie. trying to explain to people, it's my kid! It's okay, it's my kid! It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, good times. We're hoping for some more good times this year. It's gonna, it's Absolutely. exciting. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Totally ready to go now. Is it this weekend? No. I know. I so, want it to be. I know. Me too. I'm so hyped. Uh, I am so excited for this. In every way that matters. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Boy, that was, there should have been a drop right there. A drop? Yeah, you should have dropped the sound in there or something. Um, yeah, the moment's passed, sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Try to keep up with it, would you please? Sorry, I'm knitting. 
So, yeah. <laughs> hey, Colin, thank you so much for joining yeah. us tonight. Really, it's, it's a no pleasure. Problem. We're looking forward to it. Oh, my God, is it 9 no o'clock problem. already? We've been reminiscing for... I know. Yep, and again... Boston Comic Con is going to be at the Heinz Convention Center on April, uh, Saturday, April 30th. Well, let me start the music. First. Well, and not yet. Why not? Too late. Now it's the music for the coming up calendar. So next week, filmmaker Thomas Gofton returns to celebrate the conclusion of his web series, Mind's Eye. Then on April 30th and May 1st, meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Night cast and about every other comic book creator and creation at the Boston Comic Con. On May 7th, Robert Anton Wilson tribute special featuring Disinformation and Dangerous Minds founder Richard Metzger. On May 14th, Mike Dougherty and Andrew Marnick give us the latest update on the Brown Code's redemption phenomenon. And on May 15th, meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Night cast again at the Granite State Comic Con. And on June 18th, fresh from a stopover at Callahan's Crosstime Saloon, author Spider Robinson returns. Oh, yeah. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is one of the official podcasts of the Granite State Comic-Con coming up on May 15th. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. Hey, I want to thank our guest, Colin Solon. I'm so looking forward to Boston Comic-Con. I'm so looking forward to what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. we got a great couple of months coming up, guys. Stick with us. Thank you all very much. From the Austin Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, it's the sweetheart of the signboard, Kriana. Thank you for all that you do. Smell you later. And from the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you, Illustrator X. If only I could draw! Yeah, I know. <laughs> if from uh, the dead redhead, you wake my Java. We miss you. We love you. We can't do it without you. Be back soon. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. Good night! Feel, <laughs> feel better, Ellie. I know!